You're listening to Coffee and Honeycomb, the podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Park, and today is the very first episode. I'm really excited. We have a really special guest today, Megan Gonzalez. She's most known for her business, May May & Co. You've probably seen her beautiful and colorful photos all over Instagram. Megan is a business owner, a creative director, a visionary, and just a wickedly talented human being. She has been featured in Vogue, Design Sponge, Rachel Zoe, Oh Joy, and so much more. I'm really excited to talk to her today. She's also one of the most kind and genuine and thoughtful people I've ever met. You will love her. On today's episode, Megan shares the story behind her business, behind the name May May, and how she overcame worry, doubt, and the lies inside her head that come with running a business with childlike faith, and what happened when she achieved her business goals and then realized that it actually didn't satisfy or bring happiness the way that she thought it would. I think those are all topics that we as women can relate to, even if we aren't business owners. I know I can. I'm excited for you to hear this episode, hear Megan's journey, and ultimately her reflection on God's faithful provision and sovereignty over her life. Oh, and you'll also hear Megan's obsession with the show, The Office. So if you're a fan of the show like we are, then there's a special treat in there for you. Okay, let's get the show started. That was a really great intro. Thank you. Am I embarrassing you? No, I love the word visionary. I hope it's true because I want to use that. That's so inspiring. You should. I feel like I stole that actually from your website somewhere. Really? Maybe. I don't think I said that, but (laughs) thank you. Um, Okay, because this is the Coffee and Honeycomb podcast, I'm going to ask this in every episode, even though I, I know this. What are you drinking? What is your coffee order? So you brought me a iced soy latte. Mm-hmm. I am a non-dairy person oh, I because know. I'm half Asian, <laughs> and sometimes for us Asians, dairy doesn't do it for the I tummy. I like that how it only came up after four years of knowing you, right? and now it comes up in every conversation. I, I tried to bring it up because you didn't know, and I was like, thought we had this like Asian sisterhood yeah. connection, so now I have to instill that we do have it. Yeah. But um, I have tried all of the dairy alternatives. Mm -hmm. My current favorite is oat milk. That's in. Isn't it good? Do you have that in San Francisco? I think so, but I don't love it. Oh, okay. I like it because it's frothy. Uh And it's like a little thicker than the nuts and the soys. Yeah. Um, But I was in Tampa and I asked, I was, I don't think I'm a snotty coffee order or drinker. I don't think you are. And I asked at this cafe uh, do you have, um, what's it called? Oat milk. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no. And I was like, they're like, what's that? I was like, oh, everyone has oat milk. <laughs> and I think I just said it so rude. And she was like, not everyone has oat milk. And I was like, oh, so I like was not trying to be rude. So for all of you non-oat milk knowers, it's coming to a city near you. Everybody has oat milk. I think it is everywhere in San Francisco, but I only found it here at Penny's. And I have, like, a bad taste in my mouth from that because my coffee was $8 at Penny's. (laughs) And I was like, I can get a Chipotle burrito with this. So I don't like pennies, and I don't like oat milk. Oh, shoot. Okay, well, I'll try to find somewhere else that you can have a better oat milk experience. But it was really, um, I can't believe we're still talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) It was really texture, like, uh, It is. mm -hmm. Yeah. Mouthfeel, if you will. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I like pennies. Okay, great. (laughs) Sponsored by (laughs) pennies.com. Not offending anyone. Um, okay, but I also wanted to share, which I don't think we talked about yet, 
one of the reasons why I feel really special that, or this feels really special that you're my first guest is a little bit of how we met. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we met actually four years ago when Eugene and I first moved to Minnesota mm-hmm. and this was before we were married. I think we just got engaged and we were looking for churches. So we joined River Valley. We joined your small group. Yeah. And so we went to your and Jason's, that's when you guys lived in an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. An apartment at a time. Yeah. And we didn't, we had no idea who you guys were. It was like yeah. strangers were coming in. And I still remember my first impression I was like, well, one, I was like, this home is like beautiful, like <laughs> so nice. And then two, I was like, wow, this couple is so cool. Like they're Aww. so nice. They're so hospitable. They're vulnerable. Like this is amazing. And Eugene and I weren't married yet, but we we're, I was like, this is my dream to like do ministry with my husband and like lead Bible study with my husband. So I was like, this is so cool. Oh, thanks for telling me that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That was so your first impression. We met then. So <laughs> that was friends. the first small group I went to mm-hmm. that was non-Asian people. But you didn't know there was a secret half Asian there. <laughs> okay, but up to that point, I only knew Christians who looked like me, yeah. who had like similar upbringings, yeah. who had like similar backgrounds and all looked a certain way. Yeah. And then I met you guys and, and I learned, I discovered like Mei Mei and I was like fangirl number one right here. But <laughs> and I being like, you're so brave, mm. but you also have like a sense of like assurance. And that was like four years, like a season of my life, I think of me figuring out like, oh, I can like lean into these things that mm-hmm. have kind of always been in my brain, yeah. but I didn't know. It was almost like a little permission from God of like these things that you like and are interested in, like is not separate from like your identity as oh, that's good. Yeah. A believer. Yeah. So I was like, wow. Yeah. And you were like a gateway of me entering into that that's season. That's so cool, Jenny. And so now here we are. And you're oh, that makes one. me so happy. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. Okay. Before we get started, I wanted to do a little icebreaker, mm-hmm. like rapid questions of like, Literally the first thing that comes into your brain. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I'm going to spit fire them. Okay. And then I'm going to check my... Do I say them back really fast too? <laughs> Do I have a time limit? There is a grade. Okay. So... Oh, okay. Yes. I'm ready. No, I'm just kidding. Let me get my sweatbands on. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. The last book you read. Oh, we're sitting right next to it. The Road Back to You. Oh, it's so about good. Enneagrams. So good. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were just saying too that we need to have another podcast episode already yes. where we can talk about like Enneagrams, about like jealousy and contentment and yeah. oh my gosh okay, season two season two okay last show you watched and do you recommend oh it? the office oh we Love have it. watched it all the way through over six times jason disagrees he says we've only watched it like three times and i'm like no we've watched it all the way through at least six times that's funny eugene and i watch that every single year like go through it yeah it's so good and then i found out there was an office trivia night at a bar around here and it uh, we didn't know about it yeah and so now I almost play like this jeopardy game in my own head randomly where I ask myself a trivia question throughout the day like what and like answer it like um what does Pam call Michael when she is trying to get him to choose chairs over a coffee a copy maker and then the answer is hey hot tie guy (laughs) (laughs) wait I have one for you Okay, what's the name of the episode where Michael Scott goes to school and he promises everyone... Scott's Tots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, we're good. Thank you. So I, I quiz myself on the show. That is so funny. In your brain. In my own brain. By yourself. Right. So what else is happening in there? You might not want to know. <laughs> okay, last song you listened to. Oh, okay. They're Bethel Music... They have a new album, and it's called Something Spontaneous, and there's a song called Spirit Move, oh. 
And I blast it. Like, I listened to it. I discovered it sometime last week. Yeah. I listened to it all the time. Yeah. And we used to tease one of my brothers that all of his mix CDs were the exact same, like, ten songs in different orders. Yeah. Like, oh, this is my workout CD. This is my going to sleep CD. This is, like, whatever. And they were all the same songs. And that's what I've been doing with Spirit Move. Like, I wake up, I listen to it. I'm working out. Like, I'm going, like, so ham. And I'm, like, listening to Spirit Move. Oh, my gosh. Like, all, 24-7, all day. Okay, I need to listen to it. Your favorite phone app? Whoa. Okay. It's deep. That is so deep. <laughs> okay, I ju- this is like maybe poser-ish, but I just started using the Nike training app, oh. and I used it like seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I went through a phase of just eating McDonald's and not working <laughs> out, and now I have quit McDonald's. Just like detour. And, yeah, so detour. And now I'm back to the Nike training app, and they've updated it, and it's so cool. And you can like put in this is how many minutes I have this I have weights or I don't. Um, oh. And then this is like my target like area I want to work on, and I just love it. And Did it, they give you a workout. Yeah, it's cool. amazing. And there's even like a video, and you can watch the person do the exercise, so you know how to do it. Favorite smell. That's so good. Favorite smell. Okay, there is this candle. I can't remember the name of the company that makes it, but the smell is cardamom. Is that how you say that? Cardamom? Is it a flower? It's like a spice. Oh, sorry. Cardamom and tobacco. Oh. And it's life-changing. Okay. You can buy it on this website called www.amazon.com. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's this really niche website. Not sure if you've heard of it. So boutique. You might want a pen and paper. Ready? Yeah, so write that one down. So W. <laughs> Country you want to visit. Oh my word, Jenny, guess what? We are going to France oh next Tuesday. Jason surprised me. We're celebrating our 10-year anniversary oh there. God, and I've always wanted to go to France. Yeah. And we're going. Where in France are you going? We're going to Paris okay. and then south of France, so like oh Nice yeah. and Monaco. You, I feel like I could see you in Nice. Oh, thank you. Like, I'm so compliment. excited for you. I'm so excited too. Are you going to still do your weekly posts or can you do more so I can I think you? I'm going to do more. Okay. I also... Divergent. Yeah. I'm thinking about posting pictures of me. You know, do you not post pictures of yourself? Not really. No, you don't. Uh -uh. Right. Yeah. Okay. What made you have that decision? Make that decision? Well, I just have been feeling, I talked about this with you a while ago and how I was just posting once a week so that it wasn't like taking up too much thought and time. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. And, and then I felt like bored. Like I've kind of got the same subjects to talk about. And, like, I'm bored of it. I don't know if you all are bored of it, but, like, I'm bored of it. And then I felt like, I think that I want to talk about, I think it's because I want to go a little deeper and not, like, posting a picture of me is deep, (laughs) but I just felt like I had removed myself from it so much because I was trying to remove my obsession with it, but then I felt like I just removed myself completely. But I think it's important for me to participate in the conversation And it can be inspiring for me to interact with people. Yeah. So I think being more involved in it. So stay tuned for a picture of Megan. So maybe in a year I'll post a picture of myself. So because you're a business and a brand. Yeah. Does that make you feel like you need to take out your human component of it? Like your human life? Maybe. Also, when Instagram first started. Yeah. 
I would post some pictures of just me or me and Jason, yeah. and it was like always crickets. So I'm I think I felt in those. I yeah, there's one of us at a Twins game oh, I that I always think about that nobody liked. <laughs> Wait, I can't imagine you posting a photo of you and Jason out in the at wild. a Twins game. Should we find it? Yeah. Okay. I want to we'll keep talking out in and the wild. I'm gonna find it. <laughs> just, okay. And then everybody. Go, no, I'm just kidding. Um, everybody go like it. Yeah, no, JK. Well, thank you for participating in Rapid Fire Questions. You're welcome. <laughs> That's awesome, I love that. Okay, so I know I introduced you a little bit in the beginning, but that was just, I feel like, a little bit of so much of who you are. <laughs> so can you tell us about yourself, about your business, your brand, all of it, what you do? Yeah. So I started my studio, May May, when I was in college. I went to Biola University in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, I met my husband, Jason, there. Cute. I studied art, originally much to the chagrin of my parents. And then Your Asian mom. Yeah, Asian mom. Um, and they just became in full support by the end. You know, sometimes you just gotta, like, yeah. prove it. No, but I, there's probably a few parents that are, like, just through the roof about studying That's art. That's true. Um, but they're, like... Like, my absolute number one fans, full supporters. Oh my gosh. Like, I could throw some dirt on a table and my mom would be like, wow. she would screenshot it and print it at Costco. They just are such fans. But anyways, so I studied art and, like, explored different disciplines yeah. and started May May in college. Okay. Just How doing- do you think of the name? So my brothers called me May May when, oh, when we were little. So it means little sister in Chinese. Spelled a little different in okay. Chinese. It's M-E-I, M-E-I. Okay. And then my friends, I swam, like my friends on the swim team called me May. And so when I was starting the business, the easiest part of starting this business was coming up with the name. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. And so I did wedding stationery. I worked for a lot of people that went to my university making wedding invitations for them. Yeah. And then, and now... The, the business is always evolving, and so currently my focus is photo direction, and that can mean a lot of different things. So I will help companies create photos for marketing purposes, social media, um, ads, branding, and I help concept and direct the whole photo shoot. I'm not a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, the only photos I do take, which I do have contracts out for this, is I will take photos on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> but usually I hire a photographer and there's like a team of us that work together to complete any project. Okay, so we worked together a little bit. Yes. So right before I left for San Francisco, I was so excited because I was like, okay, we need to work with Megan at least once on Cheerios. And you were so good. Like it was Thanks, just like... Jenny. Like, you just got it. And I feel like food is hard. And I've heard the feedback, too, that Cheerios is hard because mm-hmm. it's brown little O's. But you just brought, like, so much life and inspiration to it. And you, like, understood the directives of what we were trying to go for. And you came up with, like, a whole plan. I was, like, so impressed. It was so cool. Thanks, Jenny. It was amazing. Do you know I have a story from our shoot together that I actually tell a lot of people no. that you don't know anything about. Okay. So when we were preparing for the shoot... You know, we did, like, my normal way of preparing, and um, I, something that I've been wrestling with is, like, I insert what I think people are thinking about me, and I usually, like, go negative with it, and so as I was preparing for the shoot, like, thought everything was going well, Um, and then the night before, we were talking about, we were shooting some images for Hanukkah, 
And then yeah. you were like, you were giving me some feedback on what you thought should be in it or not. And mm-hmm. so I like, I re- went to Target at 11.30 p.m. Oh and like grabbed a bunch of like new Hanukkah stuff. Yeah. And then like we did the shoot and I, at the very beginning... And, like, this is very normal for a shoot, is that you'll show up and start to do something, and then either the direction I gave, like, we, like, were misinterpreting or something, and you have to pivot. And I remember, like, the first scene, you're like, okay, that's a little too, like, rustic. Uh And so I was like, okay, so we pivot, and we have all the stuff to make it much cleaner, more modern. So we do it. We do the whole shoot. Yeah. But I leave the shoot feeling like I totally failed. Like, I should have prepped better. Like, I shouldn't have gone to Target at 11.30. Why didn't I do that two days ago? Like, I I do this whole, like, narrative. Like, Jenny thinks I failed. Oh, my gosh. And then we met up two weeks later, and you were kind of, like, straight-faced, and you're like, how did you think the shoot went? I did? Yeah. I I mean, you weren't, like, being, like, stern or anything. But just, like, very, like, not giving vibes of what you thought. Okay. And so I I remember I said something like, I think these things were successful and next time I would want to do this different. You know, trying to be really diplomatic. And then you said, that was the best shoot we've ever done. And I was like, what? Like, in my mind, I had, not because of anything you said, but I would just get so negative and get so down on myself after every shoot and just think, like, these are all the things you could have done better. And, like, you know, like, basically, like, why aren't you perfect and a mind reader? Yeah. And that freed me so much. Oh, my gosh. And I started journaling after that where I journal. I have, like, six points that I journal about. Okay. And, but that conversation, you don't even know this, but that conversation was so pivotal for me to, to start to say, these are the six things. What are the six things? Um, so I ask myself, what were the wins? What went well? Okay. What are the things that can be improved? What's something I can do right now to be better prepared for any shoot in the future? Oh my gosh, that's good. And usually that has to do with like some kind of tool I need or like changing wording somewhere in a contract or directive. Um, And then I ask myself, what did I bring that I didn't need? What did I need that I didn't bring? And then the last thing is I kind of evaluate like what was my intention going into it unrelated to the work. That's um, so good. So I've had some intentions that are like I'm not going to like judge other people or like I'm going to be the most encouraging person on set and not like you totally be are. comparative. Yeah. Um. So then I kind of evaluate that. Yeah. But that was like so like those are the things that I want to critique myself on Uh and I don't want to focus on the unspokens that I have I can have no idea what someone else is thinking Mm -hmm. and that just like tripped me up because I would just always think like oh they're so disappointed or like they think I could have done better or you know so it's nice to have like the same way that I'm evaluating myself every time so it doesn't become too emotional in regards to, like, the client or my team or yeah, anything like that. that is super cool. I, w- I want to find a way to steal that. Even though I don't own a business and I don't interface with clients regularly, I feel like those questions are applicable for this podcast. Like, when I get off, I want to be reflecting and evaluating myself on that or even just random projects or relationship interactions. I especially love the last questions about um, 
intentions because I feel like there's a difference between doing something well and then also feeling like, wow, I was kind to the people in front of me. I was really listening to them and, or making sure that they felt heard and they felt important in a conversation. So that's something that I always have in the back of my mind that I forget about in the moment. So I think that's such a good way to do regular checkpoints. That's so cool, Megan. And that's so, I I like that you shared that too, that you were like honest and vulnerable because I feel like I would think the exact same thing. (laughs) But me on the other end was thinking the other way of being like, Megan is a professional. She's worked with so many brands, like so many cool things. Like this probably isn't cool enough for her, (laughs) her type of work. She's just doing me a favor, like, you know, and just like. Not at all. So I thought it went great. That's so funny. Yeah. That was like the best shoot ever. Uh, See, isn't it funny? Like I just think too that when you're on a path to fulfill like being the person that God wants you to be and like doing the work you want to be, like you're going to get so attacked And I think that's what was happening to me in that season was Mm -hmm. I felt constantly like I was doubting myself all the time. And really that was like the point where I was really leaning into photo direction Mm -hmm. and moving towards Mm -hmm. doing that full time. And I was just doubting myself all the time. Like, oh, maybe you should go back and do graphic design because like you don't know what you're doing. Isn't that crazy that everyone has doubts like that too? Like everyone is thinking. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. What they could be do better or maybe they're not cut out for this. Right. Okay. Love that. Step back. I know, so you mentioned you did paper Mm -hmm. and you're doing stationery Mm -hmm. and now you do, um, branding and all of that. Yeah. I remember one time we had met up, you had shared a little bit about how you were doing when you were doing paper, your business looked really different and you were kind of forced to pivot and do something different. Can you share kind of about that? For sure. Yeah. So as I described, the business is always evolving and Mm -hmm. there's been points where it's like a forced evolution because things aren't working or I'm like so unhappy. And so there was a point um, when we had moved to Minnesota. So this is about six years ago. Um, And at the beginning of my business, I had to work so hard for every lead to get every single client. And nobody had any concept of who I was. I've never worked for a company, so I don't have, like, advocates from previous bosses or anything like that. And I saw myself as that same 22-year-old fresh out of school with no experience and no connections and would just always be hustling and, like, never changed my prices accurately. And so I went through a season of four to five years where I had such an abundance of clients that Mm -hmm. I couldn't handle it. And like from that spun several different sad little stories and some really great stories. And I built a team here in Minnesota to help me manage all of my clients. I think the most clients I've ever had at once was like 55. Oh, wow. And so I had, I built a team and then my, the apartment that you came to life group at, we all worked there and that became a little much. And so I moved and got my first studio. I remember my dad gave me this, um, monkey keychain. Okay. And I always thought like, I'm not going to use this keychain until like I have my own shop (gasps) or studio. And so I remember you got to use the keychain. Yeah. I got out my little monkey keychain and got to use it. What year was this? This was in 2014. Okay. And, um, so we worked there and I felt like I've arrived, like I have a space, I have, um, employees and, but honestly I was like so unhappy. Like I had taken out loans Uh to support like that huge shift 
in overhead. Mm. And I thought I'm going to work less because I have people helping me, but it was, it felt like I worked more and I was two blocks away from my house. And Mm -hmm. I remember like looking out the window from where I sat and I could like see my house, but I'm like, I'm still here. Like this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Interesting. And also the heat and AC was really weird in that space. (laughs) And I worked upstairs and I would get so hot. I would have to work without my shirt on (laughs) because I was so hot. No one was there. No, this is like these are like the forlorn nights where I'm looking out the window. No, we wear shirts when (laughs) other people are around. Um, That's so funny because that was your dream, right? It was my dream. Looking through a window, right? And I'm like throwing. I'm like wearing a tank top, and it's negative twenty out. And like my employees downstairs are like wearing their winter coats and have like space heaters by them that are like blowing our fuses all the time. Oh, so. The beautiful thing, sorry, I'm going like so negative. The beautiful thing about that space was I could be messy and like work on things spur of the moment and not have to clean it up. And that's where I really started to hone my craft of styling. And one of the gals who worked with me, her name is Katie. She had previously worked as a stylist at a magazine. Cool. And I learned so much from watching her work and it helped me like have confidence and I really got to explore yeah, and not have to like pick it up at the end of every day because we're in my apartment. Anyways, so I got like, like it felt really freeing and I got to explore and like styling and photo direction is like so physical and like I really got to play with that there. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't seeing the quick return I had hoped for on those loans and like the extra work of training staff and like maintaining a house and a studio yeah and I ran over 60 grand in debt and was like I just I don't see what like how this is better than what I was doing before this feels worse and it was a very I mean it was over time you know like the phrase the straw that broke the camel's back There was just one night where I was like, I'm done. And Jason's wow. like, I support you, whatever you want to do. Wow. So the next morning, I um, sat down with my employees individually and told them, like, I'm closing the studio. Um, I think they saw it coming? I, no. Okay. I think what's tough is that when you work in marketing, you can spin anything to look how you want it to look. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I was keeping a positive mindset you know like we had so many clients like that was actually one of the toughest things when I decided to close down was what do we do with all these clients we have because it's not like we don't have enough work like we have too much work like we're booked out I ended up returning six or eight deposits to people that we hadn't even started work on wow and so it looked like everything was fine and I had some people where I know they were just having a genuine reaction but I was very honest in personal conversations with people about what was going on with my business. And Mm -hmm. when I would tell them what happened, sometimes they would just stare at me blankly and be like, what? Why? Mm -hmm. Like they just like didn't get it. Cause it was all internal. Right. Because they couldn't see my checking account. Oh yeah. And so, um, yeah. So I like scaled back a ton and then decided I was going to get a job and that just wasn't God's plan. Like I went to all these job interviews was very, I felt very unknown Hmm. Like they would say, it seems like you would be really bored here because you've been doing a lot. And like, this seems maybe like a little more entry level. And then I'd have other people that would say, so you've never worked anywhere. Oh. 
so yeah, to it was, get both. Right. Yeah. So it was very polarizing. Um, I met with a bunch of older business owners. I asked a lot of questions about what I was doing wrong. And when I didn't get a job, I was like, well, I better start saying yes to some of these inquiries in my inbox because I've totally run myself out of a job. Yeah. And I applied what those business owners taught me and paid off all my debt in a oh quarter and like got a fresh new lease on my business. And so that pivot was a combination of like being forced, yeah. you know, like the wise thing was to scale everything back yeah. and it almost seemed like a good idea to like, get a job and just like not rely on my business's income to support yeah. me. Um, but on the other hand, the shift for me that I really think about during that time was the way that I relied on myself versus relied on the Lord. Oh, okay. So to me, I believe that here on earth, like I'm a vessel and yeah. like God can do great things through me. And I have like relinquished this kind of like tight grip mm-hmm. I have on my days, on my purpose, mm-hmm. on my business. And now I see things like I am going to be observant to prompts that I feel like what what things I feel attracted to um, that seem like good things for me to work on or even outside of work, like what are the most important things in my life and like prioritizing those. But I just feel like such a relief, like from that moment when I stopped trying to control my business, like I just have found so much provision and blessings just like having a different mindset like a lot of the work is similar Mm -hmm. but it's all about how I think about it yeah that I'm just willing to do what I'm supposed to do and I'm not trying to pump myself up or like I still have goals but I'm not so focused on like these goals about getting a studio having employees I'm more focused on Like, I want to um, be fully present in this project. I want to be a better listener to a client. I want to be able to, like, shut off work at whatever time this day and do things with friends. So, to me, the biggest pivot is the mindset. What did, did you see your prayers change, too, from, like, and what did that look like from when you were in a business, running a team, feeling miserable to, oh my gosh, maybe I should do something else? yeah. Well, I would say I used to be like a like a desperation pray prayer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and like so, only when you needed something, right? Okay. And also, there were times where I felt obviously I made some missteps, so maybe I shouldn't pray about this. I should fix it myself. And so now my mindset is like, why wouldn't I ask God for anything I need, small, yeah, big, cool. something that I know will take time or something I need right now. Yeah. Um, and so I just feel like more that it's a constant communication, like mm. praising, like, oh, thank you, Lord. That's awesome. Like, I'm so happy I got that inquiry in my inbox or like, thank you, Lord, that I like had this great morning yeah. before I dove into work. Um, whereas before I felt just reliant on myself and it was just like in desperate, desperate measures. Yeah. And even then I would feel hesitant to ask God for help because I felt like, why would he help me? Like I did this and I'm not a dummy. Like I could have made better decisions Uh and not put myself in this place. Yeah. So what helps you stay accountable now in like maintaining this new outlook? Do you ever feel tempted to like go back and be like, I can fix it myself. I can do it all myself. For sure. Yeah. I, I think 
so I was sharing this with you um, pre-turning the mic on, <laughs> that something I realized this Saturday was I will stop myself from moving on to a new level or doing simple tasks because I mm-hmm. feel really afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm. And the rejection can sometimes be like um, someone not wanting to work with me or someone being frustrated yeah. or... Um, just so many different reactions that I like spin up that I don't even know if that's going to happen. Yeah. And so right now what I've been trying to focus on is even when I feel like paralyzed from fear, being like, Lord, help me not be afraid of that. And like being able to know the reason I'm not making a step is because I'm afraid. And then saying like, Lord, I'm afraid to respond to this email because I am worried they're going to say, oh, actually, we don't want to work with you. Yeah. And just give me, like, courage to to That's be so obedient good. and just, like, give the common courtesy of replying or whatever it is. And it's just, like, makes you feel more vulnerable and kind of like a child because you're yes. like, I'm scared, uh-huh. you know? And so that mindset, I mean, this is so new. That was just, like, a few days ago where I realized it. And I found a lot of, like, breakthrough yesterday where I was like, okay, I'm really so scared good. to, like, do this research. But, like, give me the courage to just dive into it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's more about just being less self-reliant and yeah. saying, like, help me out or, like, help me tap into something that you've either gifted me with or that you're going to give me strength or insight into to, like, because you've put this task in my path. And, yeah. like, you can give me the right tools to get and through this. I feel this. like that's so countercultural to society because they're all like, you need to be self-reliant, independent, like, right. be able to like, you can do it yourself. So right. different from like, we need Jesus for everything. 100%. Like every little thing. Right. And it's like, you are, you are supposed to be confident. And yeah. like, I think that's a lot of what the Bible teaches us too, is like, you, you should be confident and you should stand firm and you should be like, not powerful, but you should be, um, you know, like radiating whatever is inside of you, but mm-hmm. not because you're awesome human. Right. Or, or because someone gave you a compliment or something, right. whatever. Yeah. But because you have the Lord on your side. Yeah. So you should a hundred percent be all those things yeah. because the God who created the universe is in you and working so through good. you. And I feel like the difference too is like when you're confident in yourself or on clues or cues if someone gave you a positive reaction or someone gave you a negative reaction is that it like wavers. It's like so yes. inconsistent because I have days where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so good at this all the way down to like, wow, I suck. If my confidence comes from like myself or what someone else thinks about me versus like in the Lord, which is like steadfast, yes. not on me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's exactly why relying on at a photo shoot, someone's facial expression <laughs> on how well it's going if I, I'm if, trying to give you good facial expressions. Yeah, you're giving me great facial expressions. But then it's like your foundation is shifting, you yeah. know, it's sinking sand, and you want something that's a solid rock. So basing it off of people's feedback throughout the day, your emotions going to be on a roller right. coaster. Um, oh, how do you define success now then? That's a good question. I think one of the things I've always wanted in my life is peace. Mm -hmm. And so to me, being successful means that I have peace. Mm -hmm. And I remember 
a year after we moved here, I was in a small group with some friends. That we were all women, and we all cool. took a turn every week, like leading a study on a topic we were interested in. And I remember I wanted to talk about peace, but not because I had anything to share, but because I was like, how do you have peace? Like, I feel so anxious. I feel so unsettled, so worried about tomorrow. Yeah. Um, And I remember feeling so frustrated. Like, I was supposed to be leading the talk, and I was basically, like, grabbing them all by the shoulder, shaking them like, guys, how do you find peace? Help me. Um, I don't think I really learned anything that day. Still love your friends, but didn't learn anything. <laughs> you know, but I hear that from authors too, who are like, I wanted to write on this topic, not because I'm an expert on it, but because I wanted to learn it the most. Right. That's yeah. so good. Okay. And so it has been, I, in what I said about that shift in mindset where mm-hmm. I'm not relying on myself, like that's how I feel like I have peace. So yeah. I think, I love that. I feel like I'm successful when I'm not relying on myself and when I'm being obedient to like whatever the task is in mm-hmm. front of me. And I feel like I have peace. Yeah. How do you... So there's lots of small businesses or lots of like... Yeah. Okay. Yours is not a small business, but lots of other businesses, especially Minneapolis. Yeah. How do you stay in your lane and like not look left and right and compare or whatever and stay peace... Like keep peace in your business? Right. So... For one, it can't just be when you're faced with that urge to compare. Mm. I think that a lot of the time when we want to have an opposite reaction or feeling, it's about all the work you've done up until looking at that photo or hearing about someone's success. Yeah. So for me, it would be making sure that I'm focusing on like, who am I Mm -hmm. and what am I about? Mm -hmm. And am I, am I being faithful in those things and accomplishing that Mm -hmm. so that when I'm faced with somebody else's success or opportunity that I'm sure about myself. Yeah. And some of the ways that I, when I am in that situation, and of course it's all about like maturing in it. So I'm not perfectly mature in this by any stretch of the imagination, But sometimes it's just being aware of how you feel, right? Yeah, that's true. let's say you are kind of unmindfully scrolling on Instagram and you see someone that has a similar business to you and they're getting this cool feature or they're getting to work with this really great client. Yeah. If I'm very unmindful Uh, in that moment, I'm uh not going to be able to say to myself, like, let's celebrate them and let's see them not with you next to them, but like Mm. just by themselves Mm -hmm. because like if my brain is all muddled and I'm doing a million things at once, which is usually when I look at Instagram, a hundred percent. Yeah. Then it's easy to just feel jealous yeah. and like you scroll by it, but it kind of like seeps into your spirit and you kind of feel icky, you know? So I think sometimes if you know that there's a trigger for you, so if it's Instagram, then like maybe only look at Instagram when you can be like fully present and like you can trigger yourself to say like, let's not compare. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. Um, so what does the season look like for you now? Hmm. So my season right now, I feel like at the beginning, or no, I don't feel like at the beginning of the year, the Lord was prompting me to let go of graphic design for six months Uh and I didn't quite know why, but, and then I was like, well, I can't do that because like I've done graphic design for 10 years. Uh Like that's like the backbone. And then I decided not going to do it mm-hmm. and then just like felt kind of something uneasy about okay. not listening to that prompt. Oh, interesting. And then I was like, well, you know what? The Lord has been really faithful with provision. So I'm going to believe yeah. that this prompt is from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I let go of graphic design. And so July will mark six months. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
And wow, it has uh, the things that I've learned from it. Okay, one is better project management because mm-hmm. what's really challenging when you work on such a diverse range of projects is they all have different ways they start, different mm-hmm. ways that you process and do discovery and execute and end. Mm-hmm. And the way that they all can overlap can be really challenging because you want clients to feel like you are giving them attention and that you're excited and focused on the project. But then sometimes if I'm on set for three days Um. and like I can't reply to your thing and you just like need this quick fix, they just like didn't live well together for me. Like it would stress me out to know that there's a million things running in the background, but I need to be present and in the studio space for the next few days. So one thing that has been cool about just having one kind of project is that it's very easy to start and end photo projects. Because oh, okay. there's not necessarily like more edits. Like, like can you tinker this? Right. When this? it's done, yeah. it's done. Yeah. And it has been really good for me to not feel like I'm a failure at managing projects. It was more that the projects, the vast variety of them just didn't work for That's me. So interesting. And so that has been really refreshing. Yeah. Um, and it's been cool too to be able to have more space to huh. travel and have friends and family stay with us because again, photo projects are easy to like put in the calendar yeah and they don't have like an an unending (laughs) edit schedule yeah which graphic design can so it's just been like a really sweet season of feeling like I have an understanding on my calendar yeah and like it allows me to put things in the calendar and have confidence like I can get that done whether it's personal or work yeah um and Jason and I as I said about the Nike training started yeah. like being healthy and working oh, I out love that. and it's been so great to be yeah. like that was something that I wanted but uh-huh. I honestly couldn't figure out how to fit it into my schedule wow. because I always felt like my schedule was morphine or like uh, I didn't have control uh-huh. over it so it's just but I think this season is about feeling like I have control over my calendar yeah and I can prioritize the things that are most important to me. That's so cool because now that you've like done it, you can see like, wow, that was so good for me. And like yeah. what God want, like God had better plans for me. But at the yeah. time it's like, that was part of your income. That was part right. of your business model. There's no way you're going to let that go. Right. Okay. So part of, so last question and we're way over time. So I need to learn how to be better <laughs> at managing time. But so coffee and honeycomb, part of honeycomb, which I shared with you a little bit already is um, based in scripture. My prayer is that we would love scripture more and share scripture more. So Mm -hmm. what is your honeycomb? Is there a verse or a truth that's resonating with you right now or um, that you're holding on to this season? That's so good. So just last night at um, our women's life group, I was sharing that idea that like I'm facing fear and fear is a liar, running out of breath. And someone said, um, oh yeah, perfect love casts out Mm -hmm. fear. Mm -hmm. It's from 1 John. Uh, four, eight, or 18. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. so I like the idea that I've become aware of something that's holding me back. It's yeah. fear. And the opposite of fear is love. And so I want to be aware when I fear, hmm. f- feel fearful, mm-hmm. but I want to focus more on love, perfect love, God's oh love. Gosh, that's so good. So that's the verse that I'm focusing on right now. That's so cool. Um, I feel like we can keep talking so much more, but again, we're going to do part two, part three. <laughs> so 
know what two, one. season three. I just gotta get the first one done. So this is Girl, you good. did it. You did it. We'll hang up this mic and we'll probably just keep talking. Yeah. Megan, where can people find you if they wanna keep following along and seeing that pic of you and Jason at the Twins game? <laughs> So on Instagram, it's Maymay underscore co, M-A-E-M-A-E underscore C-O. And then my website is maymayco.com. And that concludes our very first episode of Coffee and Honeycomb, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and loved hearing about Megan's story. Um, You should definitely follow her on Instagram if you are in the creative industry or just curious to learn more. She posts really fun Instagram stories that give behind the scenes of the whole process that are really interesting, but also super practical if you are into that. Um, Like I said, this is the very first episode and I would just love to hear from you guys, hear feedback. Hopefully there is grace in that feedback. Um, I heard a quote that said something like, if you're not embarrassed by the first product you launch, then you are launching it too late. If that is true, then I am certainly launching this on time because this process and even listening to this again is super fun, but it's also incredibly cringeworthy. Um, there's so many things where I'm like, oh my gosh, but I would love feedback. I would love to grow in this. So if you have any thoughts on advice on things for me to work on or parts of the conversation that you loved or parts that you wish we went deeper into, please share that. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at Coffee and Honeycomb. Or, of course, you can leave a message on or leave a review in the podcast app. But, of course, that is not necessary. Um, We have a bunch of other episodes coming up. Feel free to subscribe. We'll have a new episode every single Wednesday. And I'm really excited for the upcoming guests and to hear more women's stories. So thank you so much for listening and have a great day.